0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your co-host, Thomas Dempsey.
1: And I'm your co-host, Elizabeth Connor.
0: And Elizabeth, we have got so much to catch up on today. <laughs> yeah. So much to do. So much to do. <laughs> so much to do. Uh, Is it really so, that
1: much, though? <laughs> eh
0: actually yeah actually, yeah so uh normally we start out the show with just a discussion of uh what we've been what we haven't been reading at as it were, and uh we could uh we could do that we could do that, but um uh, I think there is some uh some business that we might want to knock out up front this time just given some of the Stuff that we'll be getting into today, and uh, a bit of uh, old business that we need to attend to. Uh, Elizabeth, do you have your word count uh, handy?
1: Uh, like my up-to-date word count, or my word count for last week's episode?
0: I figure just, um, just the whole th- whole kit and caboodle.
1: Okay. Yes, I do. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well. As uh, astute listeners might have noted, last week we forgot to tell you how many words we had read up till that point. And so, keeping track of it as we do, uh, what we thought we might do this week is just go ahead and uh, knock out the word totals up front before getting into what we've been uh, reading the past couple weeks. Uh, Do you want to give us your word total first, Lizza?
1: Yeah, so my updated word total... um up until this point, in this moment that I am speaking, uh, I have read 2,583,578 words. Wow,
0: that is great. That is almost exactly 1 million words more than me. It's actually like, it's pretty uncanny. I have one million five hundred eighty-five thousand and three hundred and twenty-four so you were like just like two thousand shy mm-hmm. of just on the dot
1: which actually i did not include uh the word total that we agreed upon um for my challenge
0: okay so, so that actually puts you up to about hundred and one million six hundred thousand
1: yeah like two point six million
0: yeah nice Right, right, all right, all right. So, uh, yeah, but we'll be getting more into that. But now we know where the uh, lay of the land is. And, Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth, can I ask you something? Of course. Seeing as we just got done saying some words about numbers, how would you feel about hearing some numbers about words? (laughs) Okay. Okay. What I've got here are... The statistics for the first ten weeks of your words against mine. And uh, the the analytics, as it were. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's uh, part and parcel with the RSS feed that we've got here. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought we might look over some of the more interesting aspects of it. So, as our listeners know, we have ten episodes. As of now, we've been releasing them since this well since late last year and uh our oldest episode is 141 days old our most recent episode came out 15 days ago and uh as you would expect the numbers sort of have certain uh trajectories that hold true our first episode is our most downloaded with 31 oh and uh yeah and what would you say is our second most popular episode?
1: I've got no idea. Our fourth one? That's just a complete guess.
0: No, but you're not far off. Actually, it's kind of funny. The f- our fourth episode, for some reason, is our least popular episode <laughs> with only 10 <laughs> downloads. Okay. Our second most popular is episode three. Oh. With 23 downloads. Episode two only got 11. Uh-huh. So it's like a weird little roller coaster ride of uh, 31, 11, 23, 10, 11, 13, 12, 15 for two straight weeks. And now, uh, episode 10, we're looking at 17. Oh, wow. So we've been uh, having a bit of a ride there, and it seems like we're on something of an upswing. So looking forward to seeing how that bears out. Woohoo! Go and, us. Uh, sorry?
1: I said, Go us.
0: Yeah, go us. And uh, looking at some other data we've got here, it looks like our most popular platforms are uh, iOS devices. So a lot of people listening to us on uh, Apple uh, phones and uh, Androids. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are predominantly listened to on phones by a factor of four to one. And uh, that's uh, all well and good. And I've even got, uh, most intriguingly, I've got some... uh, Location info on our listener base.
1: Ooh, do tell.
0: Yeah, so as you would expect, or rather what you might be inclined to find interesting, is that uh, most of our listeners seem to be localized in the southeast region of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of North Carolina, South Carolina listeners. Yeah. A uh, nice hot spot. Uh, not quite Greenville, actually. Yeah, no way. Yeah, right around Greenville. Uh, another little. Nest of listeners down near Florence, and then sort of uh, a little net between there, Columbia, and up around Charleston. And we have on the uh, outliers, we have some listeners out in Dallas. We've got a hot spot up around Wichita, Kansas. Hmm. Yep. And uh, our furthest uh, west is out in arizona uh north of prescott west of jerome okay uh says here the chino valley so who to our listeners in chino valley hello and
1: And, thank uh, you that
0: takes care of the united states elizabeth would you care to guess where our sole non-american listener is based canada no oh you Eng- get you get two more England no India Wow good guess <laughs> our, our uh, salutations to our international listener in New Delhi India specifically in uh, looks like the town of Gurugram excuse me if I'm getting the pronunciation on that wrong. But, uh, yeah, that's a quick little summation of uh, your Words Against Mine metrics. Hopefully this data will uh, come in handy going forward and getting these episodes out and appealing to people.
1: Yeah, and thank you but, guys uh, so much for listening.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, with that taken care of, uh, let's say we get into some book talk. Uh, you, how many uh, books have you been up to?
1: So, since our last episode, um, in addition to what I read for this week's challenge, I read uh, three books. Um, yeah, I read three books.
0: Okay, and what were they?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm gonna suck it up and like and like be an adult and like read the titles, but like one of them I'm kind of embarrassed by and I'll get to it. Uh, but okay. they were his Forbidden Omega, part of the Royal Omegas, um by G by I'm sorry, by P. Jameson. Um okay. From the Ruins, which is a part of that motorcycle club series that I've been reading, that I've been like reading for, for freaking ever
0: tearing through yeah
1: um and then the last one is annabelle's daddy as part of the little world series and that's book one by Paige michaels
0: little world series okay now was that the one you were embarrassed to talk about Uh uh-huh i'm
1: not i'm not really embarrassed because it because the book is about anything that i engage in which would be super awkward to talk about with my brother Um, Okay. But it just, like, reading it made me uncomfortable.
0: Oh. Okay. Um, I would have thought you'd have... uh, I've been more reticent to discuss the Omegaverse book.
1: No, like that. Like, I've read plenty of those in either... Uh, like book form or like web comic form so like sure. the, you know the whole like alpha Omega trope like that's some that's, that's a romance trope that I'm very much used to. Uh, but, okay. but the other one um, for the little World series that it, it's a very real uh, kink that is investigated and it just it just made me uncomfortable I'm not judging anybody. It just made me uncomfortable personally.
0: Can I try and guess what the kink is? Sure. Okay. Little world. Tiny people? No. No. Big people? No. Okay. I give up.
1: Okay. So, there is a kink... So, anyway, there's a kink relationship, um... That in some ways is similar to like the submissive dominant relationship, but with a twist, sure. um, and that okay. is the big little relationship. So, oh, so so I was right. Well, no, I mean you said little people, so I'm assuming you mean like little people, like L-
0: like like borrowers. No. What? <laughs>
1: No. That's that's not what it is. Um So the big little relationship, the big in the relationship is usually called daddy or mommy okay. or mama or whatever and then the little Oh, is this
0: an infantilization thing?
1: Kind of. Yeah, and then the little is like baby girl or baby boy and okay. it's between two consenting adults but like there's age play involved and it's like one of the it's like the little chooses to act yep. like a child the big is the parent who takes care of the child but there's also a sexual relationship there and it made me uncomfortable alright gonna put
0: a tag on this one <laughs>
1: So but, like everybody uh, involved is consenting adults. I just want to make that very very clear. Sure,
0: sure, definitely. But now, um, as as an outsider looking
1: one? in, it made me uncomfortable.
0: Right. Was this uh, just like sort of in the floating around in the ether of uh, like romance books and such?
1: Yeah, this was. I I came across. Where did I see this? I feel like I saw this like in a Facebook ad. Okay. And it took me to Amazon, and it was a part of Kindle Unlimited. So I was like, sure, I'll read it. And then I downloaded the first one, and it was a very short book. And I read it in, like, a couple hours. And then I just, like, felt like I needed to go take a shower when I was done with it. Uh,
0: Okay. Right. Well, uh, why don't you tell us about the other (laughs) one?
1: Okay. So um, the other one, the first one that I mentioned... Uh, His Forbidden Omega, um, it's about, like, werewolves. Sure. And, basically, uh, humanity has devolved to a point where humans are aware that werewolves exist, and there is a war between the two factions. Right. So, the werewolves all live in their own kingdoms, and the humans are trying to take over the kingdoms. Um, Well... The, the king of the werewolves, um, he, his father before him, the king before him, um, outlawed the, the omega rank of werewolves. Um, okay. So basically, like, you have alphas, betas, and omegas, and sure. the king prior to the book said, okay, all of the omegas are banished, they are, condemned to servitude um and we will not like we as the alphas and the betas we will not engage with them unless it is in like a master servant role um and so anyway this one particular omega she's like I'm tired of living this way um like I'm living in a shack with my sister and like three roommates And I'm tired of living this way. And it's either like try to make a better life for myself or we're just going to die. So she dresses up and sneaks into the royal ball where she's like, I just want to meet like a nice guy who's kind of rich. I want him to fall in love with me and then be like, oh crap, you're an omega. Well, I've got to do something to protect you. Um, But she had no intention of catching the eye of the king. Which of course oh. is what happened, right? Um. So then you have, so basically you've got like societal unrest because the king has fallen in love with a member of a of like this banished like tier of people. Um, okay. And then there's like the romance part of it, of course. Uh, but it was pretty good. Okay, and is it part of a series? It is. It's the first one in a series. Um, I'm not sure if I'll read on. I might. I might not. Sure. We'll see. Um, and then the Motorcycle Club book that I read, it was, like, super good. It was about, it's It's about this, like, this older guy. He, in the series, like, events have taken place to where he has suffered this tragic loss And so he is just like, he washes his hands of his motorcycle club. He's like, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. Like, I'm done. I'm going to go live in my cabin in the woods. Well, who happens to move it next door to him, but a really attractive woman and her three children. Aww. And so he kind of like slowly and initially reluctantly, like becomes a father figure to the kids he and the mom get closer. Things happen.
0: I'm not going to lie. It's sounding kind of like, screw you guys. I'm going to go be in a Hallmark movie.
1: It kind of is, except, um, I, and, I, and I can tell you this, uh, it's not going to like ruin anything. Because um, sure. if you read the books previous to it, you'll figure it out anyway. Uh, he yep. does end up going back to the motorcycle club. It's just he has right. these extra people with him. Okay. So, Huh.
0: Now that sounds interesting. Does it seem like the author's uh, taking the series in a new direction or is it just sort of expanding the bounds of the world?
1: Yeah, it's just expanding the bounds of the world. Um, At this point, she has pretty much almost worked through the entire original cast of characters. And so, okay. she has started to slowly introduce um, outlying characters who will get their right. own stories a little bit down the road.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah that that's, seems like the sort of, like, premise for a series that you could just sort of run on for a while, huh?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, especially this given is if like...
0: You, given you're, like, over a dozen books in at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean... Like you said, I'm like over a dozen books in and it just keeps going.
0: Right. And uh, that's is that including the uh spin-off series or whatever?
1: Yeah, so it's not really like a It's not really like a spin-off series. It's like a continuation of the series um, just in different subsets. So you All had right. like the original six books, and then the continuation, which was the next four books in the series. The continuation was a sep- was like a different subset. Uh, sure. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. And uh, that comprised your reading for the last couple weeks.
1: Yeah, that was uh, well, and um, that and what I read for the challenge.
0: Sure. Well, my reading was a bit less uh, rigorous. I've been reading some other stuff, including. Some for my own upcoming challenge, but uh, as far as the one standalone book that I read over the last couple of weeks, that was a uh, library checkout by uh, Delphine Manu, who is a uh, French reporter, and uh, her nonfiction book, *The Book Collectors*, a band of Syrian rebels and the stories that carried them through a war, and this is about the uh, the uh, twenty. 13 to 2016 siege on the town of Duraya in Iran by uh, uh, Bashar al-Assad and uh, it follows this uh, reporter's like online interviews and conversations with the uh, rebels and civilians of the town of Dariya which was uh, laid siege to by um the Iran, the Iran military, and uh, follows them through that siege and through all the uh, very struggles they endured, the socio-political like developments of the times, uh, up to the action like the uh, falling of Dariah and the ex and the um, expelling of everyone from the city. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's more like an extended series of interviews with uh all these people who she gets to know and then ultimately gets to meet like elsewhere once the city has fallen Uh uh-huh and uh it's about as down a book as that premise would lead you to believe Mm -hmm. but uh it definitely covers some uh interesting ground and uh (laughs) It's a pretty brisk read. It was, like, just under 200 pages, and, uh, I think it's, uh, worth checking out, and I don't really have much to say about it beyond that. I feel like when I discuss non-fiction books, that leads, that's not as, f- like, fertile for just extemporating, uh, extemporizing, uh-huh. uh, Whereas I might be more inclined to, like, elaborate on a fictional work. Mm-hmm. I guess when it uh, concerns like actual people and actual events, I'm a bit more reticent to just sort of start spouting off mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. But uh, no, it's definitely a very uh, interesting and uh, you know informative book that I think uh, is worth checking out. Okay, but, and what uh, was that title again? It was called The Book Collectors by Delphine Minou. Uh It's called that because uh, it s- focuses its narrative on the establishing of a uh, underground library in the city of Dariah. Uh-huh. That these people construct out of uh, these salvaged books from people's homes that have been bombed. Uh-huh. And uh, like they conduct it like an actual library where they'll have like. Uh, a checkout system and a card catalog and uh they'll have like classes and meetings that they'll hold at the library and uh, it's just sort of this uh sort of civic structure enduring and sustaining people throughout these uh sort of like nightmarish wartime uh scenarios Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i I read that, and I actually read it in probably, like, two or three sittings. Just because uh, I would, like, sit down at night, crack it open, knock out a hundred pages or so, come back the next day, do it all again. Mm -hmm. So it was a pretty brisk read for me, but, yeah, I really liked it. And uh, apart from that, sort of uh, bouncing off of a... uh, off of a subject that you were discussing last week when you were on your tear with uh, Webtoons. Uh Uh-huh. I've been uh, reading a fair bit of manga on my uh, Bookwalker app as of late, and uh, I'd be inclined to tell you about some of those when we come back from our break.
1: All right, sounds good. And thank you for joining us back uh, to Your Words Against Mine podcast a competitive reading podcast between siblings. And Thomas, you were just getting ready to talk about some manga.
0: Yeah, so I've been reading. uh, I've got a couple series that I like to keep up with on my Bookwalker app. Uh, The way it works is when you buy a volume and uh, start reading through a series, it'll keep you abreast of any new volumes in that series that come out. And uh, I guess that's sort of what keeps you on the hook for... uh, buying new volumes and keeping an eye on what goes on sale and what have you Mm -hmm. so uh, as far as the series that i've found most interesting uh there's a handful of them there's one delicious in dungeon which is a fantasy series that focuses on the uh tried and true premise of adventurers exploring an underground kingdom for treasure and glory Uh uh-huh and uh the premise of this one is that uh a band of explorers are down in a dungeon, and one of them gets eaten by a dragon, and the rest of them get, like, teleported out of the dungeon at the last minute. And they all want to go back down into the dungeon straight away to rescue the one who was eaten, because this is a uh, fantasy world that operates on loosely on, like, RPG rules, where uh-huh. characters can die and be resurrected uh, through various means. Yeah. So they figure if they get down in time, they can at the very least like resurrect this person that has presumably been eaten by the dragon. But uh, they're low on supplies. So the premise of the series is that as they go down through the dungeon, they uh, start scavenging and c- like cooking all the various fantasy monsters they encounter. Mm-hmm. So the book sort of positions itself as a fictional fantasy world cooking story basically where every chapter will have like recipes and cooking methods for all these various like fantasy creatures and uh, it's a sort of it, it's very much like comedically tinged but uh, as it's been going on that you've been getting like suggestions of broader uh, machinations at play so it seems like it's the sort of series that'll be looking to expand its plot as it uh, progresses
1: mm-hmm.
0: but uh, that's one that's been quite good uh, The other, another series I've been reading is called uh, Meruko Chan and this premise can be pretty succinctly summed up as uh, what if the sixth sense was a comedy Mm-hmm. And it's about a a high school girl who can see dead people, more specifically can see ghosts, who are like just these nightmarish like ghouls Uh that are always wandering about and haunting people, essentially. And uh, for as much as she can see them, she always plays it off like she can't because she's afraid of alerting letting alerting the ghosts to her awareness of them for fear of what they might do oh so each chapter basically plays out with her going about her life hanging out with her friend and uh having a ghost show up and her just having to like try and play it off and the ghosts in this manga are rendered pretty graphically like in terms of not so much like like actual like corpses and such but they're pretty like sketched out like monster style ghosts Uh uh-huh and uh but at the same time like it never gets too heavy so it does a good job of playing the uh comedic element of like the reactions to the ghosts and the dancing around like the context of them Uh uh-huh so uh, that's still a pretty new series i think there's only two volumes of it out so far but i'm uh, interested in pursuing it further and uh, let's see. The last series I want to talk about is one that's pretty cute. I think you'd probably enjoy. Uh, tell me, do you under, do you know what the um, trope of isekai is? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, well, isekai is the Japanese word literally translating for another world. Uh-huh. So it's basically oh, a, a uh, brand... Is it's a brand it, of fantasy story wherein the protagonist is transported to another world and goes on adventures. Oh, okay. And, uh, so is this sure. kinda
1: like okay, so I've read several like webcomics that are like this. Is it like yes. this person was like in their thirties and like had their own life and own career and they walked out in front of a bus and got hit and then when they woke up, quote unquote, now they're like a member of royalty and they're like twenty two. Uh,
0: that is that is a common premise for these stories that have sort of become a lot more prevalent in uh, anime and manga over the years. Uh-huh. But um, but the uh, side trope of these stories is the element of reincarnation, whereas a character will either be transported to the world as they are, possibly with like some magical imbuement mm-hmm. to uh, help them on their way, or else they will essentially be reborn in the new world with all of their memories and personality carried over from the previous one yeah. yeah well this isn't strictly speak this isn't actually an isekai series but that element of reincarnation is what comes into play it's uh, a series called granny girl hinata chan uh is about is the titular hinata uh, dying in her like mid to late 80s, mm-hmm. and uh, or thereabouts, and being reincarnated as a little girl at the same hospital, and basically growing up and going through life with all the memories and mannerisms of her 80-year-old self. Uh-huh. So it's basically just like this sort of slice-of-life comedy series about a little girl with all these like, old-person tendencies, like, resorting to, like, old remedies to help with stuff. And, like, keeping things clean and preparing food and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And uh, it's sort of like a nice, light-hearted... You've read Yatsuba before, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of in the in a similar vein as that series. Uh-huh. But uh, as it goes along, it does sort of, like, uh, draw more on its fantasy premise wherein the title character starts to encounter other people who have also been reincarnated Uh and it starts to delve into like the nature of their reincarnation and more to the point the purpose of it Uh and uh, what they have been reincarnated to do so without giving too much away it's sort of a play on the uh, idea of like unfinished business or unresolved uh, connections to their previous life mm-hmm. that they then have to set about going to resolve, and okay. uh, all the while, sort of maintaining that sort of light, like, like curious tone about like exploring all these interesting concepts and uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a pretty, it's a really sweet series that uh, I think would be a pretty good like on board for like all ages yeah. sort of a readership.
1: Okay. But,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, so that one gets a recommendation, and that's not all that I've been reading, but those are sort of the larger, like, the more, like, discussion-worthy titles. Right. So Yeah. Okay. And uh, now that I got that out of the way, um, since we're coming up on the 40-minute mark, maybe we could uh, jump right into Challenge Talk.
1: Yeah, sounds good.
0: All right, so why don't you remind our listeners of what your challenge was?
1: Alrighty. righty, so um, Thomas's challenge to me for this episode was to read John Boy's The Future of Football, which turned out to be um, a webcomic called 17776 by John Boy's. Um, and it was, I, I loved it. <laughs>
0: Say what? I said I loved it. Oh, I'm so glad. Because I Cause I, uh, I hadn't finished it when I assigned it to you. I was still like maybe five, six chapters in. Uh-huh. And I finished it shortly thereafter. Not, I guess not fully realizing how brisk a read it was. Yeah. But all the same, I'm uh, glad uh, to have the opportunity to talk about it. So do you want to tell people what it was about?
1: So... Basically, so at the beginning of the story, um, you're not really sure who the narrators are. And then it turns out that the narrators are different space probes that humanity has launched into space. So it's Pioneer 9, 10, Pioneer 9, Pioneer 10, and then uh, the juice probe, which is like
0: jupiter icy moon explorer
1: yeah that one which i couldn't remember what juice stood for but juice was my favorite character um yeah they were great and so they have so like nine has just very recently like awoken or like they've gotten synced up or whatever so that they can talk in real time um and and like pioneer 10 and juice are trying to like get nine up to date with what's going on with humanity. Um, So basically at some point, um, humans stopped aging. And they stopped getting sick. And they stopped being born. Um, And they don't die. Right. So basically like every person on the planet is... Like fifteen thousand years old at this po- at the point in the yeah. story, and functionally immortal. Yeah, they're functionally immortal, and they play football, but it's yep. not. But it's not. It's not football like we know it to be. It's a different kind of football. It's all different kinds. It's all different kinds.
0: Yeah, I do. And I did enjoy like the way the slow roll of that aspect of it where the series is really good about withholding information in a way that doesn't feel coy yeah like it's pretty like ready it's pretty like forthcoming with the answers to its questions if you stick with it but uh at the same time it's like really good about holding on to that sense of intrigue about what is happening in any given scenario i agree yeah um so uh like how how much of um 17776 do you uh recall like there's it's essentially a series of vignettes more or less with the overarching frame framing device of these space probes commentating and uh ruminating on what they're observing
1: um i mean i remember a good bit of it because i just finished reading it like two days ago sure um So yeah, I didn't know if there was like a specific question you were going to ask because of that or Well, I was
0: I guess uh what was your favorite uh, part? Like uh a specific game or specific conversation? Cuz the series like being a webcomic does some pretty like inventive stuff with the uh, medium, I should think.
1: Yeah, um so I guess what I really liked about it was oh what's that what is it game 27 that yes. juice talks about where it's like there's a field and there's territories and all this stuff
0: right yeah there's a, a bunch of different games that get discussed with different uh, rules and parameters uh-huh uh, are you talking about the one that got stuck in the canyon
1: no, that's not the one I'm talking about. Um, I was talking about the one where like the Steelers have like a little corner, and then it turns in, and then like, oh mother- oh
0: yes, that it's like that football field that's like fifty something different games going on at once. Yeah, fifty like something different teams that have essentially blocked each other off from accomplishing anything. Right, and it's almost like the flagship meme of this series where it's like all these different like. Uh, factions and teams like occupying the same field and essentially just conducting the game in their own way yeah yeah no that was a trip that uh that's certainly like the uh logical extreme of the premise of infinite time infinite variations on the game of football
1: Mm mm-hmm so i really like that but i guess like I guess like what I liked about it so much. Um, first of all, I just I really like the aesthetic of the web sure. comic. Um, like, and you I, read
0: it on your phone, right?
1: I did. Well, that was the thing. Like, because I also read part of it at work when I had a break. Um, sure. And like my phone, I don't know what it is. Like my phone, it's like at a certain point in the t- day, I get no service on my phone.
0: Uh, yeah, I have that problem too. Um, I think it's just like maybe it's like a, like some strain on the
1: network. Maybe. So what I ended up having to do was like was like finish reading it from my work iPad. Okay, so I did read I, I read most of it on my phone, but then I finished
0: it on my iPad. Yeah, because I feel like I started reading it on my laptop. And something about the formatting of it just seemed more conducive to reading it on a uh, smaller device. Uh-huh. So that's how I finished it. But um, I didn't know uh, if that affected your uh, engagement with it at all.
1: Uh-oh. No, it really didn't. Um, But I really enjoy the aesthetic of it. Like, I'm not going to lie. I know this was a work of fiction, and, and I thought it was a brilliant work of fiction, but... The whole time I'm reading it, I'm sitting here, (laughs) this is like so random, but I'm sitting here the whole time thinking this really reminds me of Troubling the Angels, um, which is a, hold on, let me, let me pull it up. I had pulled it up. Um, So Troubling the Angels is a, basically a qualitative study that is filled with uh, uh, interviews of women who are HIV positive. Okay. And just just go with me on this one. So sure. the whole book, throughout the entire book, you'll have a chapter which focuses on like maybe one or two women, or maybe like a focus group, or like a a, a, a group counseling, or group therapy session, or something like that. Right. And for the and like for that chapter, the whole top half of every page might be the interview that might be like the actual dictation from the subjects, the whole Mm -hmm. bottom half of every piece of paper in that uh, chapter will be the, the actual like analysis of what is being heard and evaluated and analyzed from the above interview.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: I get that. And also, but also, throughout the chapter, you'll have these little, like, boxes of just, like, pertinent information. So, like, you're you're going through, you're reading this, you're getting, like, totally overwhelmed with information. And then you get to another chapter, which is, like, about, I don't know, it's, like, about the, the, I don't know, it's about angels, but, like... Like, the one that I remember is it talks about, like, the the angel of history, um, which apparently is, like, a theme and a bunch of historical research. I don't really remember. This was, like, six years ago. Um, Mm. But really more so how during the interviews, like, how the material was arranged in that aesthetic where, like, you're getting a lot of stuff at one time and in different formats and stuff. That's what this webtoon or what this webcomic reminded me of. Okay. And I know yeah. that obviously the subject matters are two very different things, but just in terms of right. like trying to convey something through the aesthetics and through different formats, that's yes. that's how it re- that's what it reminded me of. Um
0: right. And you mentioned uh, formats. Uh, a po- like significant portions of the story are conveyed through YouTube videos. Yeah. Did you have any trouble uh, accessing those? No. Okay. Because like I would always have to like uh start when i was watching on reading on my phone especially i'd have to like start the video turn it into landscape mode basically uh full screen like restart the video if it had been auto playing or what have you and uh again not not so much trouble but kind of a uh i guess an impediment of using a fairly res- like compact uh uh screen yeah yeah
1: um, so that was one thing I loved about it. The the other thing that I loved about it was it, it made you realize like, this is all very like, really, this is basically everything that was being said and everything that was being discussed were all very real probabilities of what would happen if humanity just suddenly became immortal.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's, it takes, it treats its high concept very like, uh, Oh goodness, what's the word? Um, there's like a term for like a sense of realism and a piece of fiction, Vers- verisimilitude. Uh huh. So yeah, it it um is like very much engaged with like the nuts and bolts uh, f- exploration of its premise, and I think it is admittedly a uh, very optimistic outlook on that sort of uh, premise of. Like humanity retaining some like fundamental core that sees it through like all those years of uh, sentience, whereas I think uh, a more I think there are different sci-fi and fantasy authors who might go in different directions with that, but there's a certain like innate humanism to John Boy's writing that lends it to this sort of light, uh, warmly uh, philosophical and existential sort of lens mm-hmm. like the uh story about the light bulb as one that stands oh, out yeah a
1: lot. yeah yeah that's that was... what i was thinking of um right and about how like you know the the loss of that light bulb was so tragic because the people on earth had not really had not known loss for thousands yeah, for of so
0: years long. yeah and it's interesting to hear people talk about like like, centuries and millennia as if they were decades, Uh basically. Like, someone talking about living in such and such apartment and then moving out and then thousands of years later moving back into the exact same apartment Mm -hmm. and not being aware of it until after the fact. Yep. That, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really great sort of heady stuff like that. And, uh, I'm really glad you enjoyed it.
1: I did. I'm definitely going to be checking out the sequel.
0: So you haven't started reading the sequel yet?
1: No. Which is... Is the sequel 220?
0: It is 2220. Two, two, so 20,220. Okay. And uh, not to, like, I guess, like overhype it or anything like that. But if anything, I think I enjoyed it more. Uh-huh. Because it is much more a. Uh, it does play on a similar. Like. F- like framing device as the previous series, but it's got a much stronger narrative core and through line. Yeah. That uh, sees the story going to some really interesting places. So I think you'll really like it. Okay. And. Well, okay, I won't give it away, but yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, Alright,
0: so that. That uh, was your challenge that you completed,
1: and how many words was I awarded for that?
0: It uh, thirty thousand is what I uh, what I proposed.
1: Was it thirty or fifty?
0: Thirty.
1: Okay, so yeah, with that thirty thousand words, that brings my word total up to two million six hundred thirteen thousand five
0: hundred seventy eight. All right, and that is where we stand. And uh, now, Elizabeth, are you prepared to go in for your next challenge?
1: I sure am.
0: Okay. Well, as our listeners will know, last time Elizabeth challenged me to read all of the first Game of Thrones novel and its attendant uh, series of television. I am making progress on that front, but it is certainly one of the more um, in-depth or extensive challenges that I've had thus far. And so I thought... It's appropriate to return in kind this week.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. You will be receiving a package this week, Elizabeth. Okay. I believe it is scheduled to arrive on Tuesday, as when the website said. Okay. But uh, certainly thereabouts, and uh, when that package arrives, what uh, you will commence to doing is reading the entirety of Martha Wells's Murderbot series.
1: Oh, you're finally getting me.
0: Yep. I uh, found the first four novellas in a box set on Amazon for fairly cheap. Okay. So I uh, ordered that and am uh, shipping it to you directly. And once you're finished with those four books, I have the subsequent two books in the series at home, and we'll loan those to you when you're ready.
1: Okay. So I need to read all six books by the next time.
0: By uh, the next
1: a month from now
0: a month from now yeah and uh in case that sounds overwhelming to our listeners five of the six books in this series are novellas that I think are about 150 pages each and they are very brisk reads like very propulsive action I see I don't see any reason why uh, like you could probably knock out one of these in a day if you really sort of hunkered down with it okay so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you think
1: Alrighty, well I look forward to receiving that
0: Alright, well I feel like this has been a good one
1: It has been
0: Happy to finally catch up with you Yep And uh, before we head out, did you want to tell our listeners where they can find us?
1: Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Your Words Podcast, And you can also find us on our website at YourWordsPodcast.com.
0: Sounds good. And we look forward to hearing back from you next couple of weeks from now. Elizabeth, I hope you have a good weekend.
1: Well, thank you. I hope you do too. Get some rest.
0: Yep. You do as well. Have a happy Mother's Day.
1: Well, thank you.
0: And a happy Mother's Day to all of those listening. Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> Bye. Bye.